Hello, welcome to the Bros and Bibles podcast, where not only our biblical knowledge thrives, but our growing bromance between four of us now continues. Yeah! It's really grown a lot. It has. Yeah, that was, that was that's old, man. That's from the beginning of this podcast. We sat in my office for probably a half hour trying to figure out how to write that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can see the scribble marks. As simple as it is, it, yeah. it was extremely hard to come up with. We weren't the smartest people, you know? It just but happens. by we, he means him. Hey! And uh, catchphrases, man, they're tough. They are. They, I, they, they really are. Big shout out to anybody who can write jingles. It's true. Because I was not gifted for that. <laughs> nope. So last week we talked about what? Hope. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about hope. Uh, lots of great conversation, some really good insights. Um, we all did uh, a takeaway and. And I think it's really awesome that we're diving into this Advent season, even though most churches nowadays aren't doing anything for Advent in the traditional sense, right? They just do a series that ties in with Christmas at this point. But I think the the idea of waiting and anticipation is really good, especially around this time where people were waiting and in, in anticipation in the beginning. So, yeah. What are we talking about today? Peace. Good job. Nice. Great job. Wow. They read the show notes. <laughs> no, they didn't. I did. Yeah, you had to look down to say peace. Uh, I read them on Friday night. Really? I wasn't doing anything, so yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a normal Friday night for Dustin. Yeah. This time, yes, but yep. usually, usually I'm hanging out with like <laughs> Becca or something. Who's Becca? Yeah, Dustin. She's my girlfriend. Oh, that's a new development from the last time you were... Really on the podcast, yeah, you know? a long time ago. So yeah, yeah, man, we used to always make jokes about how single he was. The youth group girls would make fun of him. Now they can't do it. Well, not for that at least. Yeah, we still make fun of him. Just and, find a new thing. Well, yeah. also, I've been gone for like the past two weeks, like even from like church. So like today was the first day I've been back in like Sunday school. It was really nice to like we did happies and crappies. And yeah, it was nice to hear from all of them and see them all. So absolutely, that was nice. Happies and crappies, I like that. Yeah, it's a good and a bad. Well, yeah. that's a my family. So like in our immediate family, we do that every night at dinner with the girls. Mm. So it's what's the good thing that happened today? What's the bad thing that happened today? But happies and crappies, I like that. Yeah, I've heard so many yeah. things, but that's probably my favorite because it's catchy. I've heard like peaks and valleys, highs and lows. Yeah, nah, happies like, and crappies. I got that one from Grace College. Yeah, that's nice. really good. Yeah. I'm stealing that. Alec one. McLean. Yeah. He was my student mentor, too. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't my student mentor. He's my growth group leader. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know what any of that means. So. Yeah, that's all right. If you didn't Peace. go to Grace, probably don't. Spiritual stuff at Grace. That's the only spiritual stuff that happens at Grace. Oh. Whoa. That's right. Oh. That's right. We're having some fighting words between Bethel and Grace here. Yeah. Well, you know, we're better. So. I would just like to right say, the, right Grace just won a national championship yesterday, so I don't know in, what. In what? Soccer. Oh, great, dude. We also beat Bethel at basketball. That's fine. I don't. Also I true. don't pay attention to either of those sports. My goodness, we're all throwing beef on the episode. We're talking <laughs> about peace. Yeah. What well, is you happening? know, I remember when Grace showed up to to scrimmage us in rugby, and they brought like six guys because nobody wanted to play for Grace. I'm um, pretty sure the guys' rugby team is no longer a thing. Yeah. There, no, it's so. not. And same at Bethel too. But you <laughs> yeah. know, we got we got small tons, school props. Tons of national championships. Well, for Bethel, it wasn't that we were a small school that they took it away. It's because. Even though we had such a high win percentage, we also had a high percentage of disciplinary issues <laughs> within that team and oh, yeah, a I've low a percentage of, of recruiting. So 
I've heard a couple of those. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So those. we weren't we weren't the best team. Uh, I say we. I was great, but they uh, some of those guys were <laughs> were not there for Jesus. They were there for rugby, rugby only, and that's that's fine. Some of them did meet Jesus. So yeah. It was awesome. Uh, we're going to have Dustin pray, and then we're going to dive in to peace. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity for us to speak about peace today. Thank you for our church services this morning that were about peace as well to help us perfectly into this session today. And I thank you for everything you've done in this time through Thanksgiving and through this time of Christmas and through this Advent series. Amen. 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 Awesome. So the word peace does show up in Scripture in the NIV 249 times. In the New in the New Te- or Old Testament, it's 156 times. In New Testament, 93 times. Yeah, and in some of those outlier um, those outlier interpretations, translations, um, it actually goes up as high as like 462. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of leeway there as far as, because, I mean, we'll see in a minute, there's a lot of different words for peace. So that's the other hard part is like, does this mean peace or does it mean it's something else? So translation is kind of tricky on that. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, at least when I when I looked it up, it only had peace. So not peacemaker, uh, you know, nothing that, that like followed up with peace. It was just that word. And so I'm certain that there is more peace to be had in Scripture than 249 times. So now for everybody's favorite part or my favorite part, hearing everybody read scripture you guys excited always always cool well so dustin and zane are going to dive into matthew 1 18 through 212 if that sounds familiar it's because it is yep we have already read it in our first advent series episode and then uh chad's going to read john 14 27 and i'm going to read romans 15 13 we stuck the the two guys who did the least amount of research with the longest Versus, because we That's love fine. them. That's fine. It's all right. It's okay. I'm not illiterate. It's fine. All right. Are you um, saying I am? No. There's a lot of beef on this peace episode. <laughs> all right. Rightfully uh, so. I'll get right into it. Uh, Matthew uh, 118. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. 
When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star, the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then John fourteen twenty seven says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. In Romans fifteen thirteen, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Peace. When we think of peace, we often think of the English definition, which is, you know, freedom from disturbance, tranquility. You know, for some of us who have had family in the military, we think of a time with no war at all. Uh, but I think it goes way deeper than that. And we're going to find that out in the Hebrew version of peace. Because contrary to what's on the paper in front of us, there's a definition that I did not put down. And I wish that I had. So let's dive straight into it. Uh, Greek, there's one main word for peace, and that's irene. Okay? Uh, it's a state of concord, peace, or harmony, or a state of well-being, slash peace, right? So you can ask somebody how they are, and you can use this term, right? How is your irene? How is your state of, or I guess, of being, right? Same as, like, how is your shalom? How is your peace? Um, and that's the word for the, the Hebrew that we're going to dive into is shalom. Now, there are a billion words for peace in the Hebrew. In fact, I only put down like seven of them on the piece of paper here. Did you notice, though, that like eight of them are just shalom spelled differently? Yeah, oh, there's more <laughs> than that spelled like differently. So most of it is some version of shah, whatever, right? Shalom, shalem. Uh, there's a shalom, <laughs> which is super funny. Um, but shalom is the one we're diving into right now, right? Safe, well, happy, healthy, prosperity, peace. Um, and then the definition that I didn't put down is complete, like a state of completeness, right? Or restoration is another good one. So, you know, it's... I think that's what I, I imagine when I think of peace is this not not no war, not, you know, free of disturbances, but being complete, because when I'm whole, 
right? There's nothing out of whack in me, and I am at peace, right? Well, that's probably more on par with what shalom really means anyway. I mean, I think most of us think of peace as the no war peace, right? Like nobody, um, nobody's fighting, nobody's, um, there's no hostility. That's what we think of when we think of peace, but it's so much more than that. I mean, it's, it's this idea, especially for like in the Hebrew with shalom, it's more of the idea of like the peace that you're going to get when you're in heaven, you know, like it's a, a, how the world is supposed to be peace which I think is closer to that idea of being complete yeah. than, than just a simple, like, safety. I mean, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's deeper than just being safe or not being hostile. Yeah, no, that's really good. What about you guys? You guys have seen the definitions. You've heard kind of what we think. Um, what does peace mean to you? I mean, I think you guys were pretty right on when you're talking about how it, like, seems like in the world. Um, when you talk about, like, peace... It means like no war, stuff like that. But in the biblical context, like it makes sense what you guys are talking about with the complete restoration yeah. of things. Like that's the whole point of like Christ coming. He was restoring our broken world and the brokenness in it. And so he was the prince of peace, the prince of like complete restoration. So yeah, that's good. Yeah, I uh, like the video we watched this morning in church, uh, the Bible Project on Peace. It talks about broken walls and then put together with no cracks or anything. So that, like, state of well-being and well put together and you're doing well. Yeah. I guess I like that kind of phrase of it. Very simple. It's kind of what peace means to me mm-hmm. in, like, my everyday life, wherever mm-hmm. I am. So. Well, that makes sense to me because, like, I'm a very, like, task-oriented mind. So for me, like, I'm most at peace on, like, Fridays and Saturdays when I've got the entire week's checklist done. And I'm just like, I'm just waiting for Sunday. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's where I'm at the most peace is because that checklist is done. It's complete. It's like, I get to just be. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I've never, I've never done that. Have my checklist done by Sunday. Um, usually it's just, it, things continue to get added to it and the checklist just grows and grows and grows. But, you know, even in that chaos, right, I can still find this idea of completeness because I'm not working on it alone, you know. I am I am a whole in, in that Jesus is, is with me and my relationship with him is, you know, is, is good and we're, you know, I'm abiding in him and so he's abiding in me and so the, the cracks that I have are filled, right? This idea of my brokenness is now covered and taken care of and so in this time of chaos and of suffering... I can have this peace, right? Even though it seems like the world around me is falling apart, there is there's a bit of me in this relationship that has been restored, that has no more brokenness, right? That, that, that brokenness has been covered or filled in. And so, you know, being complete, even in what seems like chaos, I think that's that's the deepest idea of, of what we can see as manifested peace, right? It's those crazy people who are like, yeah, I got fired, my house burned down, but man, I love God. And it's just like, what? How are you even, like, calm right now? But they have this intense peace. You know, they've, they've already been complete, right? And so, yeah. I think it's, I think that's really good. I, th- I, I can't even imagine what, what would happen if I had been tested like that, right? And so... Well, I think it's that that is really interesting. I think because it really lends to the idea that like peace is we don't normally connect peace with 
like busyness and with stuff going on and like you know we connect peace peace with like silence yeah. or being still like we think of that as peaceful right when you think of when you describe nature as peaceful you you don't think of it as there's blaring music and there's all this stuff right <laughs> like so it's is interesting that peace is sort of the opposite of what most of us spend our lives doing we spend yeah. most of our lives in somebody saying something you know i even think about like your Sunday morning worship services. How much time on Sunday morning worship service do you spend in the quiet? Like with just no sound, no background guitar, none of that stuff, just quiet. And and I found that I'm very intentional on structuring in a few moments of that in the service because we spend so much time like talking to God and, and worshiping and all this stuff. And it's all loud, you know, like, yeah. so taking a moment where there's just quiet and there's peace, um, which to be fair, we did intentionally structured where the children leave the service before that moment, because otherwise there will definitely not be quiet. Uh, but, but it's interesting to me that peace is often connected to solitude and silence. Yeah. Well, I think that's, well, that's, that's the, the basis for most definitions of peace, right? If we look at the, at the Hebrew, be still or be silent or hold tongue, which we all got to watch Dustin grab his tongue today and hold it and, like a goober. Um, that's what it said. It, no, it's not what it means. It means to not talk. Uh, so, when's the last time you see me not talk? Never. Um, so, you. you know, but to to be silent, I think it's finding that silence or that quiet. It, um, uh, uh, you know, amidst the chaos, right? That's when that's when we have this true peace, this completeness, is when it everybody from the outside sees chaos they see the noise but we have peace right we have silence and and calm stillness within that and and i think that's why that's poor that's a portion of the definition and for me you know when it comes down to attempting to find that silence find that stillness it's a uh, it's every morning right you guys know that i go into the office before everybody else it's quiet very creepy in the church. I don't know if you've ever been to a church in the dark. Um, and by oh, yourself. Yeah. Exactly. It's super creepy. <laughs> okay, Chad, your church is not creepy at night. This one. Yeah, this one we're sitting at. Downtown. But never been there. There is something about the historical buildings. Because, like, this was the same thing. When I was in Master's Commission, there was at this church, and they had this hallway where they had all these pictures of people, like, who used to go to the church. Oh. And, and they'd have these safety lights along the hallway. And all you would see as you walk along this hallway in the dark were these eyes. That's all you could see the whole way down was the whites of people's eyes. That's the freakiest creepy. thing. It was the, yeah. it, nobody ever wanted to go down the hallway. Well, Pleasant View. I mean, th- we don't have that, but it, it's kind of creepy. And, like, everywhere you step, you kind of hear, like, noises or something. It's, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. No, and the old part, before we tore it down, I would never go over there unless it was daylight out. Because, like... The basement? Oh, my, oh my gosh. goodness. It's the worst. It was you just gotta go in, like, the little kid's room or something. No, still creepy. Like the only time I went yeah. down there is, like, for Nerf Wars or something, yeah. if we did that. Because, like, there's people around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, looking down that stairway down to the basement there... Nope. Dude, we got the same thing in my downtown campus. Underneath, like, the sanctuary wing, we call it the dungeon. Because, like, it's just... It's one of those, like, little doors, you know? Like, and the only thing really down there is, like, crawl space looking, you know, like, it's creepy down there. Ugh. Probably rats. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That's you no. Know, I I couldn't find peace there. I'll tell you that much. There would be no still calmness. You'd My be heart like, would be jittering beating. In like I've walked through Chad's downtown campus at night with him, and it was awful. Like, I was terrified. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with uh, this church here. That there's, we're sitting there. We got just, a bright green wall here. That's they don't, exactly right. That's right. 
you know what it is? Is there's something like there's something about that like spiritual environment? You know what I mean? Like that just kind of like almost like supercharges those senses of like being freaked out. Yeah. Well, I've seen way too many horror movies that take place well, that's in, the other in problem, churches yeah. at night. You know. Oh, what a great career for you! <laughs> I just bought some Astrid? scary movies last time when I was at Walmart. Nice. And hey, dude. I'm here to combat those evil spirits. It's good. I mean, should be afraid then, right? I'm. I'll combat them in the daylight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But they they're more present in the dark. How do you know? Scripture. Like spiritually the dark or like physically the dark. Both. Both. Yeah. On next week's episode, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go. Go. We're gonna be Ghostbusters next week. <laughs> yes, sir. We're gonna find out. I got dibs on Bill Murray. Actual dark. I don't know any of the actors in that movie because I've never seen it. So, hey, man, you threatened to leave a lot. I'm just waiting for the day. But don't leave because you got the car that brought us here. Okay? (laughs) Chad's got a car. Or you guys can walk. It's a beautiful day outside. It's raining. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so so back to peace, though, because here's what I want to know. Because, obviously, I know your schedule's nuts. I want to know where Zane finds peace. Yeah. Because I know you're studying for exams and stuff. Like, how do you make time for that? Uh, usually when I go to sleep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I try to, like, obviously you don't go to sleep right away. So, like, yeah, 15, 20 minutes just laying there in bed, trying to not think, I guess, or even when you wake up if you have time to do that. But, yeah, it's not easy right now. But I'm also, like, I don't intentionally seek out quiet time in my life either because, like, I feel like if I'm still, I just don't have stuff to do. Mm. So feel like that's a bit of the uh, the unhealthy hustle culture there. Could be. Could be. It's all right. I'll figure it out someday. <laughs> what about you, Dustin? You're a pretty busy guy. You know, I remember just a few months ago when you were still in sales, you know, you were working past your hours, working from home. Absolutely. Like, how did you find peace then, and how is how do you find peace now? Because you're still pretty busy. You've added a girlfriend to the, the equation. You're doing volleyball. you got small group Bible study. You know, youth group on Sundays, Sunday school. You're going to Florida. Like you, you're a busy guy. Where do you find peace? Yeah, so I find peace a little bit differently. Um, so I, I keep very busy. Like I purposely want to keep very busy, go places, do things, just because like I find peace in the weirdest places. So a lot of people find peace in those quiet times, which I always have quiet time when I wake up and before I go to bed. I always have those quiet times with my Bible and just with Jesus, and I love that. And I find I do find peace in that, but. Where I find peace, like, when I'm in the midst of my busyness is when I'm doing things like like my volleyball league. I find peace when I'm playing volleyball. Mm. I really do. Like, I'm, I'm with some of my best friends here in Goshen, just, like, that group of people, like, and playing volleyball is something I like to do. I find peace. Like, softball over the summer, yeah. I yeah. found peace playing softball all the time. I did not. So, not even a little bit. Really? Yeah. So, but I, I find peace in that. Like, it's so peaceful standing out in the outfield or hit, yeah. hitting a softball, like, having fun with all my friends, like, I find peace in that, even though it's something busy. I find peace in that, and like, I don't really have like downtime. I, I guess my downtime is watching football, to be honest. And I watch a lot of football every weekend, and I find peace in that because that's what I like to do. I like to sit there and watch football. But so I find peace even in the busyness of me being busy because yeah. of that. And like sales, yes, I worked a lot, a lot, a lot. And I liked it. I liked doing that. But now that I'm in marketing, I only have, like, I work 40 hours. I don't have to bring my laptop home. I don't do that. And I find peace at home. I have more downtime because of it. Yeah. 
but I try not to because I like to do things. I like to find <laughs> things to do. Like I'm going to Florida, and I'll it'll probably be the most peaceful most of a week in a long time. Most of a week. He, you leave on Wednesday. Wednesday. So Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. But like I got to go see my grandparents who I haven't seen in three years. Yeah. And I am so excited. I bet, dude. So like I find peace even in the busyness of me being busy of like playing sports and doing those things outside of work. So. Yeah. One of my professors in college, um, it was a, a quote that he read, but it, it talked about like moving so fast because we don't want to, we don't want to stop and, and let the demons catch up to us or, or let the, the thoughts catch up to us. And, and I think not that that's where you are, but I found myself doing that, right? Like over the last few months, I have been extremely busy and not because I, you know, I can't be busy, but because I choose to be right. I choose to be because I'm terrified of what's going to, what I'm going to begin to think about, the doubts in myself that are going to come in and sneak in, and and all the negative stuff that people have said to me over the over the, you know the past couple of years, you know they just continue to come back, right? And so, yeah, I oftentimes I'm I'm finding that that I try to fill those spaces with stuff rather than confronting them with God next to me, right? And and using because we, when we are weak, he is strong, right? Like he is our power. And so, you know, God has, has given me peace in those moments so many times in my life when he's like, hey, Josh, you just need to stop moving, man. Like you're trying to cover up this stuff and, and it's all coming back to bite you. Like you need to face it head on and I am here with you. And there's just this immense peace that comes over me, right? This morning, Mark talked about peace and presence being very similar, right? God's peace and God's presence are very, very similar, almost interchangeable, right? Because there's this idea that when God is with us, there's that completeness, that wholeness, that that ultimate restoration. And so, yeah, I it kind of dives into the next question that we want to go over is in, in what ways does God bring us peace, right? And thank you, Chad, for, for that one. For me, it's in those times of, of crazy busyness and worry, right? When the, the dark thoughts begin to, to sneak in. And by dark, I don't mean like I'm going to go murder somebody. But like, like, man, dude, am I even like meant to be in ministry? Do I, am I even worthy of talking about, you know, the gospel? Like I know who I am, so therefore God knows who I am. How does he even think that I'm I'm worth it, right? And so it's just stuff like that that'll creep in. And so God's really giving me peace, especially right now, you know, through people and through his presence in my life uh, in those quiet times in the mornings and, you know, prayers throughout the day. Like it's been it's been crazy to see kind of where he's given me that peace and where he's he's made it very, very visible in my life. What about you guys? Where do you find um, or what ways does God give you peace? Well, everybody's looking at me, so I guess I'll go. Um, so I think he brings me peace in my ability to do so many different things. Because I'm that way and I like to keep myself busy, and that's just because, like, I love being around people. That's what gives me the most energy, the most, like, happiness is to be around people. So I feel like God being, like, being so generous, so loving, he gives me peace in allowing me to do those things, allowing me to go play volleyball, to go play softball, to 
go out and do things. Um, I think that's the biggest thing to me. And that helps me like think through things. And like, I'm a, I'm a pretty organized person when it comes to like my schedule of things. So like I can schedule out times where like, okay, I'm going to have a little bit of a break here so I can like sit and be with Jesus and do that. And like throughout each and every day. And like, I feel like that's, that's huge. And I keep getting better at organizing and prioritizing my time as we go because nobody's ever perfect. And obviously I have to take time out of my day to do those things and be with God. And so I keep getting better and better at that. And so it gives me a lot of peace that I can still do so many things and still have that peace going through my day every day. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Zane? You know, in, in what ways does God bring you peace? Yeah, I think uh, we talked a little bit about, like, I just, I don't have a ton of time sometimes, but it hits me deeply, like, God's peace when I'm, when I do have, like, a little bit of time or, like, I'm out in nature. I think sometimes I make time to, like, go travel or do things, but, like, to go and, like, look at, like, the sky, the night sky, you're out late one night working and you're going out to your car and just to look up and, like, see how vast it is. Or when I got out to California to look at the sequoia trees, they're just huge. I mean, immense. I mean, that type of just like size is crazy to me that like and then just to feel I mean I feel like God makes me feel small in a good way though I mean to understand that like we're all small in this huge world but he still has time for every one of us um gives me peace yeah that's awesome Chad what about you um I mean I think of it in like a broad sense like I think um first of all like I feel like I have peace with God like peace in my relationship with God um, cause I think I struggle with some of those thoughts too, that you mentioned about like, you know, especially over these last two years. And I, I know that like the stats have shown that a lot of pastors are feeling this way. People in ministry are feeling like, is this even what I'm called to do? You know, like, um, I think the study that Barna just released was that like 51% of pastors have thought about quitting in the last year. And, um, that's half, half of pastors have thought about quitting. So it's not just us, you know what I mean? Like we had those questions that always just kind of seem to seek in there and, and so there's some of that. There's like a peace with God in my, not just in my calling, but even just in my relationship with God, like where I feel like I'm misstepping or, or, or going somewhere I shouldn't, you know, like I feel like God is always there to bring the peace back between us yeah. that I seem to, my actions seem to create, create a void and God brings that peace back in to reunite us. Um, but I think also like a peace within myself yeah. um, an acceptance of what my gifts are and, and what my limitations are and things like that. Um, I feel like that's where I get a lot of peace. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit, I, I totally sympathize with you because uh, I get a lot of peace like playing disc golf is, is what it is for me. So like I'll go out, uh, which kind of ties into your nature thing too. Uh, you know, it just, there's something about being out there um, that just, you know, just throwing. And even if, even if the shots aren't great, like I can still find peace in it just because like I'm out, I'm, I'm in my element, you know, and so I think I find peace there too. And I think that's where I kind of run to a lot of times. Like, um, if I'm even either having a rough day or, um, or the opposite of, even if I'm having a really good day and I feel like I'm on track with stuff, like I want to go play disc golf. Cause for me, that's being out there is what, um, is what brings some of that peace. It's where I meet God. And, um, it's funny now, cause even my wife picks up on that a little bit, you know, she's like, I think you need to just go play disc golf for a while, you know, <laughs> like, because she knows that that's where I find, I kind of restore some of that peace. And that's that time that I set aside. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in the same boat there. Um, at least with my wife knowing that I need to be out in nature for the most part, it's not the disc golf aspect of disc golfing. It's, it's the nature part and, and the quiet, you know, I find that I have a lot of my most 
deep conversations with God when I'm out on the course by myself, just in the woods, you know, and, and it's just, it's crazy how, like, if we just sit in silence, that still small voice seems to grow louder and louder, right? I think that's why most of us run, though. Like you were talking about earlier, how we fill up our schedules. I think that's why we do that. It's because we're afraid of what we're going to hear yeah. if we slow down. Yeah. No, and that's the truth. And that's, you know, that's why for so long that I, I dove into this hustle culture thing. Right? But I found that I need to begin to make peace in my life. Right? And, and Scripture even call like, says, blessed are the peacemakers. Right? And, and we're called to, to be peacemakers and and to to bring peace and because because jesus gave us peace right he said I, my peace i give to you you know my peace i leave with you and and so we've been given this thing right the same with the gospel we now have to share the gospel like that's something you have to do as a christian we've been given this peace now we must go make peace right and chad you made this awesome distinction uh in in, in the notes here that there's a difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Can you kind of dive into what you what you were getting at at that, and we'll uh, try to have a small conversation here about what that means? And Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are trying to, they're seeking to keep the peace. And I think there's an assumption, when you talk about peacekeeping, there's an assumption that there was peace already there. Mm. In a lot of the situations that we're trying to do peacekeeping, and there isn't peace, right? So like, so if, if, if you and Zane are in a fight with each other, the peacekeeping maneuver there would be to just get both of you to kind of back off, be quiet and leave it alone, you know, but that doesn't actually make peace, (laughs) you know? So, so then the scriptures tells us to be peacemakers. It's not, we're supposed to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. Yeah. And so to, to make peace in that situation would be to get the both of you to sit down, talk it out, work it out, pray for each other, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end of the day, you walk away un unhostile. Yeah. Whereas peacekeeping, it seems like sometimes you're just putting a lid on the hostility so that nobody knows it's there. And yeah. so I think that's important because we we do a lot of peacekeeping and not a lot of peacemaking. Yeah, yeah. No, I tell you what, I've seen that um, you know within family and within church and uh, in my life a lot. You know, for for a portion there, I was non-confrontational. I didn't want to be, and I know that this is kind of a shock to most people because I'm probably the most confrontational human in the world, uh, and I'm okay with that. But there was a portion of my life where I didn't want that, right? I just wanted everybody to be happy. I was a real people pleaser. Um, And so what I would do is I would change the small stuff to kind of keep everybody kind of where they're at, right? Like my mom was ticked at me because I'd leave too much. I would, you know, spend one more day at home, right? My dad was mad at me because I was at home too much. I would, you know maybe be a couple hours outside of the house a little bit more, right? You know, or or like my sister hated when I would play my music too loud, so I would just turn it down a little bit. But I was never getting to the core of what was going on in my dysfunctional family, (laughs) right? I was just keeping peace. I wasn't making peace. And I didn't want to dive into the the depths of what that dirtiness and brokenness was going to look like. Well, and peacekeeping ultimately doesn't get you to shalom. No. You know, like peacekeeping gives you that surface level. Like you said, like we're not yelling at each other today, so that must be peace. Yep. But to get to this deeper peace, you have to actually make peace. <laughs> it's not something that just naturally happens. You actually have to pursue it, which, which is why I like that language of being a peacemaker. Like yeah. you have to intentionally make peace with somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes going into the situation with humility. It takes 
It takes wanting to be peaceful with them because sometimes in those situations, you don't necessarily want to. You're like, they deserve me to not be peaceful right now. But you have to actually seek out to make peace. Yeah. Yeah, you had a really good insight. Can you uh, remember what you said this morning, Zane, about the difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker? Yeah, I think it was something along the lines about creating peace versus maintaining peace. Mm. But I think Mm. one thing I was thinking about since then, Chad was talking about like, Sometimes even like when you think you're maintaining peace, maybe there never was peace. So yeah, there's just this facade, right? That yeah. You're, yeah. That you're trying to keep trying up. Trying to maintain. Yeah. 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 You know, you you said putting uh, a lid on the hostility. I like, I say like spraying perfume on a corpse, right? It's still gonna stink eventually. There's gonna, especially if you're using bod, right, Dustin? <laughs> Dude. Also, they want it to at least smell good for like the viewing. Thank you. Oh my goodness! It's not. It's not. Never mind. You're not getting it. Um, I get it. I just like making jokes. But what are we, right? Like, if let's be honest with ourselves, are we peacekeepers or are we peacemakers? Think over the last year, two years of of your life, life, and just are you a peacemaker or are you a peacekeeper? You know. People look at me. I'm probably a conflict maker, more than a peacemaker. Um, but I find that beyond that conflict, there's this this idea of oneness and unity, right? We've we've gone through the pain and the toil, and now we're here, moving forward. So, I have made it a point in my life to be a peacemaker, because in my childhood there was none of that. There was this false peacekeeping. Uh, that inevitably inevitably blew up into me not living at home anymore, right? Into me not being around my family anymore. Them not wanting me and me not wanting them. And so I I choose now to be a peacemaker. You know, in just the last month or so, I've had some some conflict in my life. And when people thought it wasn't necessary to get together and to seek restor- you know, restoration, I pushed for it. I wanted to go through that. I wanted them to tell me where I had messed up so that I can change and we can find real peace, find real unity, restoration, and begin to move forward. Well, and that's, I think you you hint at a great point there, which is that when you start down this road of trying to make peace, it doesn't look and feel like peace at first. Because, you know, you think of it, you know, we use the expression of sweeping things under the rug, Mm. right? Eventually, you sweep enough stuff under the rug. when When you go and you and you pull the rug up, there's a bunch of junk under there. It ain't going to be pretty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, or like we use that, putting the lid on an example, you know, you open the lid of the jar, it's not going to be good when you start pulling all the junk back out. Yep. But that doesn't mean you don't do it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, and it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's like cleaning your house, right? Like you're, you're, you get to be a hoarder and you get your house full of junk. Well, the only way to get it back to reset and to where it should be is to go through the junk. And unfortunately, that's how peacemaking works, too. So at first, it feels hard because you got to sit down and have those hard conversations of like, hey, you screwed up this way. I screwed up this way. We should have done this differently. We should have approached this in a new way. Like you have to go through that, which is doesn't feel like peace. But true peace is the ending of that story. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And and so you guys, Zane and Dustin, me and Chad kind of get paid to be peacemakers, right? Like that's part of our job or should be right. Sure. Um, that should be something that we do as pastors and shepherds or as teachers and, 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 and evangelists. Like peacemaking is a part of what we are called to do. But how do you guys do it in your, in, in, in your everyday lives? 
Like, would you would you be honest and tell me that you're a peacemaker or a peacekeeper? I would say m- most of my life I've been a peacekeeper just because it was simpler. But when I was at Grace and started into a role there where I had to be a peacemaker, mm-hmm. I was head of student activities, like all student activities on campus. And that made me, I had to be a peacekeeper with like the people I worked with, like what was going on, like all the events. And I just kind of had to have that more like, hey, we need to change this instead of just kind of letting it go and like just putting the lid on it. Yeah. But, and I, I think lately, like I've, at work, I've been more of a peacemaker because like at work, there's things that bother me. Yeah. And I always speak up about it because, like, I know what needs to happen. Mm-hmm. I've been there long enough now that I know what needs to happen. So, and I speak up about it. We have meetings. Like, I invoke meetings like, hey, we need a meeting about this or whatever. And so I feel like that happens more. Um, I can't say anything about the last two weeks because I've been uh, MIA yep. uh, for a while. But yeah. uh, I would say I'm more of a peacemaker now. I, I speak up for myself more often now Good. than I used to. So, yeah. but I still have times where I'm a peacekeeper depending on the situation. Yeah. Zane, what about you? Um, probably along the lines of Dustin, I tend to, or like I tended to be more of a peacekeeper a lot of the times. And like, there's definitely situations where I think, and I was like, I tried to make peace there, but then there's other, it's like, I probably should have, and I didn't. Um, mm. But I think it's just like trying to learn to be better at that. Yeah. But yeah. It's all about taking a step in the right direction, right? Like, we're not going to wake up one morning and be the best peacemaker in the world. But, like, choose that situation in your life right now to make peace. Yeah. Right? Because at the end of the day, you try to go through 11 situations in a week where you need to make peace, right? And uh, you're going to get crushed, you know? Because it's exhausting work. Yeah, because you're going through all that hard stuff. And so, you know... Sometimes you got to keep some peace until you can make some peace, right? But we can't be long-term peacekeepers, right? The end goal should always be peacemaking. Well, because ultimately, peacekeeping is, like you said, peacekeeping is not about making peace. Peacekeeping is more about conflict avoidance yep. than actually having peace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're coming up on that time where we need to, you know, close this out. And, and there's a question that we didn't get to, um, and that's okay. Uh, Chad, if you could just answer it real quick, it's where do we see peace in the Christmas story? So in the entirety of of that that passage that we read today, where do we see peace in that? Well, I think you see the angels basically saying, like, hey, peace has come. You know, like, Jesus is the embodiment of peace, <laughs> and and he's bringing it, you know. Yeah. And and this morning, um, uh, this morning I preached on um, the branch coming out of Jesse from Isaiah 11, and um, the idea that he's bringing peace and his peace is even at such a level it says it talks about like the lion laying with his prey and like you know i mean like it's a peace that even like reorders humanity that it's it's so powerful that even even predator and prey lay together and so i think that's that that peace is brought by jesus yeah that's awesome that's really good well thank you guys so much for listening we have dustin bringing us the the verse of the week the the teaching of the week and the song of the week, uh, what do you got for us this week, Dustin? So I listen to a sermon every year, and it comes from Clayton King. He uh, has some ministries down in Carolina. Which one? P- 
pretty sure it's South Carolina, but I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but he always comes to Momentum Youth Conference. It's just a youth conference I always went to when I was um, in high school. I went to it. And then I went to it as a volunteer a few times as well for Grace College. But I think it is an amazing uh, sermon about identity and who I am in Christ. Uh, and I think that is really like it talks about just so many things about your identity as a Christian and becoming that way. And I think it's always a really good time around this time of year to think about that, Yeah. especially right after Thanksgiving. Uh, and then the verses from that will actually come from that. I'm not going to read them all because there's 12. And that's, that's fine. A lot. But the verse is 1 Peter 2, 1 through 12. And it talks about like four main points how to identify as a Christian. Yeah. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah. And that's just a big part of my life, so that's why I want to share it. Yeah. And your song is a bit of a different one than what we're used to. Right? Yeah, so it's Chris it's it's getting towards Christmas. So I it want is. to do a little bit of a Christmas song and I had it approved, had to get it approved, but uh it's called Mistletoe by Jake Scott. Great. Uh and nobody knows it except for me, but yep. that's okay. I've only heard like two Jake Scott songs that I can remember. I am in the point zero five percent of listeners from my. So out of the three listeners, Dustin is the buddy. T- I've shown that artist to so many people, and they 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 love Jake Scott. So thank you. Sure, sure. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We're gonna have Chad pray us out, um, because if you don't know, uh, we're gonna make it known now. We're recording three podcasts today, right? Schedules don't line up around Christmas time, and that's perfectly fine. So we are running a marathon. So these ones may be just a tad bit shorter than normal. So pray us out, Chad, and we'll we'll dive into the next one. I'm on it. Uh, God, we're so thankful for the insight that you share uh, through each one of us and for the many gifts and talents that are present around this table. And so we ask that uh, that you would bring us all peace, that we would experience peace in this season with you, peace uh, with ourselves and peace with each other. We ask too that uh, that you would help us to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers, that you would give us the strength to have difficult conversations, to, to take the lids off of those jars and uh, to start something new in our lives. So give us your strength and your peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.